Hello and welcome back to Missed Opportunities presented by Your Little Sisters Productions. We are very excited. We're kicking off our month with Twilight. It was recently announced that they were going to be doing a TV series, so we thought we would revisit the movies and share our thoughts and opinions on how those went. And we are joined tonight by a guest host. Before we get into that, just to let you know, we are on Facebook and Instagram, Your Little Sisters Productions. We're also on Twitter, YLS underscore productions. We also have a Patreon. If you look up Taya Joy Flake on Patreon, we have two tiers, one for YouTube, one for our podcast here. For just as low as $5 a month, you can become a supporter. Honestly, you just listening is also a really big help. And if possible, if you could listen through the Spotify app to our podcast, all that does is help us be able to get our AdSense back. It doesn't cost you anything to sign up for Spotify or to listen to us on it. It just helps us be able to get our ad money back. So I'll hand it over to Taya to introduce our guest host for the night. Hi, everybody. So our guest host tonight is uh, Jesslyn, who is a wonderful person and one of my favorite people. And she also happens to be a huge fan of Twilight. And I of course thought of her when we decided to do this movie <laughs> and so just to kind of go over so if correct me if I'm wrong Laura but you were not a big fan of the books or the movies I am a big fan <laughs> I... of the books <laughs> yeah like I'm a big fan of the books but not necessarily the movies and I'm gonna I'm gonna say Jesslyn are you a big fan of both books and movies um I'm a big fan of the books and then the movies are just super fun because it's nostalgia Right, right. So I was, I I read the books and I was massive, massive fan of the books. And I read them at least a year or two before the movies started coming out. By the time the movies came out, I had kind of gotten over the Twilight craze part of my teenagerhood. So I never saw any of the movies in theaters. I only saw them afterwards. And I think the first one I saw was like New Moon at a friend's birthday party. And then I realized I could just watch them at home or with friends. So I, that's how I saw the Twilight movies. And I'm with you, Justin. Like they were just fun for me because of nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just I like I went through a really massive, huge fan of this of the Twilight story to just kind of not caring about it too much to just being able to enjoy the movies with friends so that's and that's where I am now like I don't I don't own the books I haven't reread the books in years I probably won't ever but I'll be watch the movies now and then for fun my opinion definitely changes as I get older <laughs> um when the <laughs> I didn't read the books until after I saw the first movie and I was in ninth grade so it was like an amazing movie to me and everything and then I started reading the books Loved them and realized that the movies weren't as good as I thought, but I still love them. <laughs> yeah, so I, no, I read books first. So my first introduction to it was a different cousin of mine signed up for a prom, like a Twilight themed prom. And I was like her older sister and dressed her up like a doll. And so I bought her a we bought prom dresses we did her hair and makeup and everything and then we got there and it turns out like the the lady was like you haven't bought your tickets yet and she's like no I just like signed up and just like we were gonna buy them at the door and she's like no they sold out like an hour after they went on sale like weeks ago <laughs> and we were like what oh. I didn't know these books were so popular and then I read it I actually read the book for a book club and me and my sister 
we we like did the talk at the book club and then like we hung out in the car and talked about the book for hours afterwards <laughs> like there was so much to, to like dive into because one we lived in Arizona and then moved to Washington when my sister was Bella's age <laughs> so my sister was like this is like my story but Bella and my sister are not the same <laughs> very different <laughs> so we of course like you know so that was kind of my introduction was like oh my gosh these books are way more popular than I thought to like hours of discussion about the books and then when the movie came out I had just been dumped by like my like my first love and and I remember thinking like good now I can get back to like being in love with fictional men because all these <laughs> real men are letting me out <laughs> yes so that that was that's my introduction to Twilight so that that's all of our Twilight journeys <laughs> which I feel like you have to specify <laughs> you do <laughs> you can recap it I don't know that I could do it with a straight face <laughs> can you think I can Jesslyn, Jesslyn, recap the movie for us. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> I can recap it. I'll smile, and everyone will be happy because they'll hear my smile. <laughs> there you go. So, Twilight is centers around Isabella. He, she goes by Bella, and I Swan. That's her last name. I was about to say Thorpe, and that is a completely different person. Yes. <laughs> Bella Swan, that's her name. She goes by Bella and she lives in Arizona with her mom. Her mom gets remarried and he travels for his work because he is a baseball player in a minor league, I think they said, not major, but still professional, mm-hmm. still traveling. And Bella felt bad that her mom stayed behind to be with her. So she decided to move up and start attending high school and live with her father in Forks, Washington. She's going from Phoenix, Arizona, which is a very hot and dry climate, to the rainiest, cloudiest, wettest part of of the United States, basically, up in Washington. So it's a really big change. She hasn't really seen and connected with her dad in a long time, whose name is Charlie. And so it's a little awkward at first. At school, she gets introduced to everybody. Everybody likes her because she's the new girl and they're in a small town. She sees Edward and she thinks he's gorgeous. And she sits next to him in biology class and he acts as if he hates her. He cannot stand to be around her. He's covering his nose and mouth and trying not to touch her. Leaves before the bell rings, technically. It rings as he's walking out of the classroom. And she overhears him trying to get into a different science class. She plans on confronting him about his behavior, but he's gone for about a week. When he comes back, he's a lot nicer and calmer, and they're able to work together in biology. And he apologizes for his behavior the week before. I can't remember how much exactly what happens between them, but there's one day, there's ice on the ground, and Bella is standing by her truck in the parking lot of the school, Edward is across the parking lot and a van slides on the ice and is about to crush Bella, if not to death, very nearly to death. I mean, it was not going to be a pretty accident. And Edward is suddenly there and stops the van with his bare hand, leaving a massive dent in the door. And then he leaves before anyone else can see him. Bella confronts him. He tries to, is gaslight the appropriate word here? (laughs) Make Uh her feel like she's crazy. (laughs) Yes, perfect. <laughs> okay, he tries to gaslight her a little bit in the situation, saying, I was right next to you. How can you not remember? You know, and then the next day he has an even better answer, which was, 
I had an adrenaline rush and that's how I was able to get there so fast and stop it with my with my hand and leave a dent look it up it's very common and he's giving her as she puts it emotional whiplash one day he's really nice and they're talking the next day he's really cold and telling her to stay away from him and she doesn't know what to do and she starts to research what he could possibly be because she knows that something is not right with him Uh, She finds out that the Collins do not go onto the reservation that's nearby with the tribe whose name I know I'm going to butcher, the Quillet, Quillet, Quillet. I want to say it's one of those pronunciations. Uh, She finds out they don't go there and that kind of spurs her to look up Quillet legends on the internet. But instead of just looking up their legends on the internet, she finds a bookstore with a book about legends. So she makes plans with some friends to go to a nearby town, Port Angeles, to get the book while they shop for prom dresses. They get separated, so she's looking for the book by herself. She buys it, and she get, uh, gets surrounded by a bunch of guys with not great intentions. Edward saves her and nearly runs the men over. It appears very irate, keeps talking about what they're thinking. They eat at a restaurant. She finds out that he can read minds. Huh. But not hers, just everybody else's. And so she goes home to read her book. And then look up something from the book on the internet again. I'm sorry, that part always makes me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) She used the internet to buy a book and then she uses the book to go back on the internet. It's great. And she figures out, she puts two and two together, all the little clues that Edward's hand is cold when they brush up against each other and that he's fast and strong and doesn't really appear to eat anything ever, that he's a vampire. She tells him that she knows as much and they start sort of dating and seeing each other one day when she's out at a baseball game with his family some other vampires come along and they one of them in particular james wants to hunt bella for sport because he sees that the family is protecting her and he thinks it'd be great fun to have to outsmart all these other vampires to get to bella who they're very protective of so she has to argue enough with her dad that he lets her leave the house she has to go down. I think they go back down to Phoenix. With She goes with Alice and Jasper, who are two of Edward's foster siblings slash vampire family people. But James calls her, convinces her to leave them behind because he she thinks that he has her mother held hostage. She goes to a ballet studio. It was just a recording of her mom. Her mom's perfectly safe. And James starts flailing her around. She He breaks her leg. He throws her into a wall and her head is bleeding. It's not great. Edward comes and he's trying to fight James off by himself. But James is just a little bit stronger. And James ends up biting Bella. The rest of the family come. They take care of James. And Edward has to suck the venom out of Bella or let her become a vampire. He sucks the venom out. She wakes up in the hospital. And she tells Edward that she wants to stay with him because he's trying to convince her to go back down or not back, excuse me, go down to Jacksonville, Florida, where her mom now lives. But she says, no, I'm going to stay with you. Don't mention that again. And then they go to prom at the end of the movie. She has a cast on her leg because her leg is broken and they have a lovely time at the dance. And she tells them that she wants to become a vampire and be with him forever. And he's very opposed to the idea and he wants her to have a long, happy life with him. And it ends there. Yeah, so that's basically the movie. <laughs> and so what are, um, I'm going to say, like, my biggest qualm with this movie is the fact that this is, like, a really deep, like, teenage drama, you know, like, you get all into it kind of a thing. And 
so many times throughout this movie, I can see the actors. Like, I don't see Bella and Edward. <laughs> I see Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart. And there's just, like, there's little things, like, with the ketchup bottle, where she's just, like, <laughs> shaking ketchup over her burger. Like, there's nothing coming out. Like, it looks like when you're in, like, acting class or, like, a play or something, and you're, like, exaggerating it for the, you know, the people in the back. And there's just, like, little moments like that, especially with, like, the, the special effects with the vampires. Like, what's his name? The big guy, Emmett. He, like, climbs up a tree to grab the baseball, which makes perfect sense. Like, they're vampires. They're agile. But then he, like, floats down slowly. And it's, like, <laughs> they can be graceful because that's muscle control, but you can't, like, stop gravity. Like, <laughs> you know, there's just little things like that. Like I get, I, like I was watching this movie, and there's really good parts, but so often I just kept like getting taken out of the story. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like those were the, my exact thoughts when she was doing the ketchup bottle and other parts that it just looked like they were in a play, not in a movie. Yeah, she's also really twitchy. She like is. my husband was sitting here watching part of the movie with me, and it was so funny. Three minutes before he sat down and was able to watch with me, I wrote down in my notebook, she twitches a lot. She bites her lip and moves it a lot, and she blinks a ton. Three minutes later, he's sitting down. Why is she blinking so much? Why is she twitching? What's up with her mouth? (laughs) (laughs) I do think that she is my biggest problem with the movie, because that is just terrible acting. I don't know. And I see her. I've seen Kristen Stewart and other things. She can act. What happened? (laughs) I feel like, okay, that is something about this movie. Like, what did the director do? Because I have seen, like, so many of these actors in other projects that they do so well in. (laughs) And then in this movie, I'm just like, what did, like, it was like, it was like they shot, like, rehearsals. And then they just, like, use that as the movie rather than, like, okay, guys, we're gonna do it for real now like so many times because there's so many characters like there's so many actors the the guy that plays Jasper I have seen him in like like stuff that is amazing like amazing acting chops right and then like Robert Pattinson I've seen in other things and he does really good but in this movie he's just like all of his like like I don't think Kristen Stewart or Robert Pattinson are good at like the close-up that was really popular at this time because they can't act with their faces like they're very like (laughs) physical and he's like he's like glaring at her but he's thinking so he like does like this weird like movement like where he's like shifting from one eye to the other eye like glaring at her like with his left eye and then he glares at her with his right eye and it's like (laughs) okay but that's not what people do like (laughs) you're portraying the wrong thing like I know you're trying (laughs) to read her mind and you can't and you're surprised but I only know that because of the books. Like, I wouldn't have known that just watching the movie. He just looks dumb. Like, yeah, exactly. You know it because you've read the books. But if anyone else is just watching the movie, they're like, what the heck is he doing? (laughs) Have you ever watched the director's cut of Twilight? They have a director's cut? Yeah, I watched it with um, my sister one time. And you can tell that Robert Pattinson did not like this movie at all. So in the woods, yes. So during the scene that they're like in the woods and uh, I know what you are and all of that, he goes, "Um, what do we eat? And Robert Pattinson in the background goes, cheeseburgers. Like he's just making fun of it the whole time. It's really funny. (laughs) 
<laughs> so that's that's what I see now when I watch it is like Robert Pattinson hated this job and so he just kind of makes it funny for himself I guess well that's how he got he the really role did. funnily enough he read the script or whatever they gave him to audition and he said he did not like Edward and so he played Edward as someone who hated himself and that's what got him the role because they were like, yes, that's Edward. Edward hates himself. Edward hates being a vampire. He thinks he's a monster. And so his hatred okay. is what helped him get the role. And it's so apparent throughout the whole movie yeah. that he's just <laughs> disgusted at everything and hates everything. And it's so funny that the thing the things that he didn't like about the character are what helped him get it. But it's not even, I don't like the character because they're a villain and it's fun to play a villain, but you have to show, you know, that dark side or that hatred. It's he's supposed to be the protagonist, but some of the things he does are ridiculous and very villainy and creepy. Like if a normal relation, if a normal person was like, yeah, I like watching you sleep. I just sneak in your room every night for the last few months and just watch you. Yeah. That would not be okay. <laughs> you have to take the paranormal into account. Like, I know a lot of people like to to dig on like their age difference or like, oh, this is creepy. But you have to take into the paranormal amount. Like, he doesn't sleep. He is like basically deciding whether or not he wants to eat her or love her. Like, you know, like that's not a normal thing. Like, that's not going to happen in real life. You have to have the paranormal element into it. And when people try to take it out, like. It does like it is creepy and it's gross, but it, when there's the paranormal element into it, it's like it's a different it's a different kind of wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. And then one other thing, so if you want to talk about how Robert Pattinson got the role, if you've watched any of like the behind the scenes stuff, they actually the audition for Edward was the, was kissing, the kissing scene. scene. Yes. And, and he talks about that and he's like, it was weird and it was awkward because it was the director and Kristen Stewart and then these guys coming in and making out with her. <laughs> like, if that is not the most awkward audition like you've ever been on, <laughs> like, I right? can't, I don't. And then it's like for a huge movie. Like, it's not like some little weird indie film or something. Like, it was a huge movie and everybody knew it was going to be huge. Because the books were so cute. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah apparently Kristen Stewart said he was the best kisser out of the, the guys who auditioned. <laughs> so yeah. we'll take that as you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also I mean, Robert Pattinson had said that he was about to quit acting. He was going to go on a couple auditions because after Harry Potter, he wasn't really getting roles and so he was going to go on the last few auditions and if he didn't get any of those parts he was going to just accept that he wasn't meant to do this and go do something else with his life but then he got twilight which even though he hated it has given him the ability to go on and do a lot of other things that he does enjoy he's done a lot of indie films and more gritty films and he's done some big Hollywood blockbusters as well. Tenet, which I haven't seen, but I know he's in. The Batman movie, which I've seen, but I know Taya hasn't. Mm. Um, and some Water for Elephants with Reese Witherspoon, which we talked about on this podcast a while back. So yeah. even though he didn't like portraying Edward as a romantic protagonist, I think he would have enjoyed portraying Edward as a villain if that's how he was meant to be and written. Uh, it really did open doors 
for him. I think that he is grateful for it in a way, but also he got to meet Kristen Stewart and they dated and then she cheated on him. So that was also hard. So that poor guy, like, I don't think he, he likes to talk about Twilight anymore. Ill feelings, but yeah, it did get him into the uh, movie industry a lot more than Harry Potter, even though I loved him as Cedric Diggory. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't. Cedric Diggory is such a pivotal character, but he's not in enough, very many movies. He really is only in four with maybe some like cameos and previous movies if they wanted to but they didn't so even though he was in a massive i mean he robert pattinson was part of two of the biggest franchises at the time harry potter and twilight he was these pivotal characters in them so like good on him for that he's like zoe is it zoe saldana she's in like guardians and avatar and they have like done massive at the box he's like the male version of her at the time Mm -hmm. yeah and then um like just just talking about like him and the movie and everything people like to make fun of this movie can you still hear me i'm sorry i could not hear anything for a minute and now i can i'm so sorry continue (laughs) that's okay i don't remember where i was going with it um (laughs) (laughs) when you watch this movie i i will say like the director made a lot of mistakes but one of the things is like i don't personally think that Robert Pattinson is all that attractive but there are moments in this movie where I'm like man he is pretty like I don't know like like they got like just the right angle and just the right shot and I'm like man he's pretty and then I catch myself and I'm like is he though is he (laughs) like what like he's got like pink lips and the 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 tan like the pale skin and it's like he's not though but like what is so attractive about him at this one frame I don't, I don't know. I, whatever she did with that, I think she did a good job because he is nothing like the book describe him. I read Midnight Sun, which is Twilight from Edward's perspective, and I forgot like what he was supposed to look like because I'm trying to like picture Robert Pattinson in this role, and then it talks about like Bella's talking about him, and I'm like, oh yeah, he doesn't look anything like Robert Pattinson. <laughs> like in the books, he is completely different. And so it's nice to like have like those like moments where I'm like, wow, he really is pretty, even though I don't actually think he's that pretty. <laughs> I never have found him attractive, and I feel I feel mean. Like, I feel like I'm being mean to Robert Pattinson. I I there I don't think there's a single shot. I don't think Robert Pattinson is ugly. I want to start that off. Like I don't think he's hideous or ugly or anything. He's one of those people I look at and I can see why people find him attractive. I personally don't find his looks attractive. I think he's funny in interviews. I like watching his interviews. I think he's engaging and funny. Um, But if I were Bella and I looked at him, I'd just be like, oh, it's a guy. He's nice, I guess. Like, I wouldn't be tranced, right? Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't have love at first sight with Robert Pattinson. But Mm -hmm. I, I can see why other people would. I just I, there's there's no angle that can make me feel attracted to him though like I don't think he's ugly but I'm not attracted to him. Oh, I always thought he was cute. <laughs> and that's, that's like that a lot of people I, do. I, yeah, not necessarily the body. The face is really cute. <laughs> yeah, his so he is the exact height and body shape of my brother. So I'm thinking that might have something to do with it. 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, well, my brother was talking about, like, the movie and the, uh, the new Batman movie. And he's like, I try to watch it, but it was hard because Robert Pattinson and I are the exact same height and build. And I looked, I'm like, oh, my gosh. We can switch heads <laughs> and nothing would change. That's funny. So, I Maybe it's, it's a good thing. How, like, <laughs> it's funny how, like, people you're related to make you, like, more or less attracted to someone. Like, Tom Holland has this, like, smile that reminds me of my brother. Like, the way that he, like, moves his mouth when he does the American accent that, like, <laughs> I can't get over. Like, I'm just, like, stop talking like him. You're supposed to be cute. My brother's not cute. That's gross. Like, I can't find <laughs> Tom Holland attractive because, he, and it, like, if you saw two pictures of them, to get, like, side by side, they don't look alike. It's no. just, like, the way they hold their mouth and, like, the way that they, the mouth moves while they talk. That just really reminds me of my brother. I'm <laughs> just, like, yeah, I can't I do it. Brother. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Colton. I thought so. I was... too. <laughs> <laughs> if he looked anything like Keith, I would probably like to get your head checked, even if it's just <laughs> <laughs> not He does not look like Very Keith. different people. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. my favorite scene in the movie was when we meet Billy and Jacob near the beginning. I actually thought that Kristen Stewart's acting was not... She wasn't doing as much of the twitchy movements and awkwardness with her face then, and it seemed... But we got to see Charlie, who's one of my favorite characters in Twilight. We got to see Charlie in his element with his friend, and Jacob, you know, was sweet and everything. I think if I had been into the movies, when when they came out, I would have been team Jacob just because I like Taylor Lautner's look more than Robert Pattinson's. But when I read the books, I was all Edward. Same. I never even thought it was a competition. I never, I don't like, I know these books are like pivotal, like of a love triangle, but they're not. She was never in love with Jacob. She never had Jacob. That's my, yeah. I, I never understood like when people were like team Jacob and I'm like, but actually, no. Like, no, you don't understand. Team never... Jacob for me, she can have Edward. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, did, did you know that I went to Forks in November? Yes. How was that? Tell us about that. It was really fun. Um. So, but my point of saying that is, I reread all the books right before I went, and I completely agreed. I was like, why was there ever like a Team Jacob, Team Edward? She was obviously always team Edward, but, um, but yeah, it was actually really fun. And then just watching the movie again, um, you could tell that like, they definitely use different, uh, scenery shots from different areas. Cause Forks looks quite different. The, the actual town of Forks is like in more of a like Valley rather than in the woods. And so there's not as many trees right in Forks. But then when we drove to La Push, it was a lot like the movies and it was really foggy. We went on the beach and it was just like super fun because <laughs> it was just like the movies. But the the high school is different. They do have the um, the Forks High School, home of the Spartans, I think, sign sitting in front of the school from the movie. They take pride in that. And it's a very like touristy town with everything Twilight now, like you can tell that lots of 
Twilight fanatics go there and they are ready for you. They have answers to all your questions. They like the right when you drive in, there's a um, little info center and they tell you everything you need to know in all these places. And they're like, here's Charlie's uh, SWAT vehicle or not squad, squad. I don't know. Police vehicle. And (laughs) here's where you find their house. Here's the inspiration of the house. And we went to everything. I got to wear Dr. Cullen's medical coat, his white coat. It was fun. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's very cool. I love that kind of stuff because I just love, mem- like, I I remember going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and, like, all these rock and rollers that I had never even heard of. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. You know, like, I am, <laughs> I am what, like, the person that those places are built for. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love Twilight. It's like, I can stay here and be like, no, I hate Twilight. Like, I could go either way, but when I'm in there, I would be like so into it. <laughs> yeah. I think I realized how much I wasn't a fan. Like, not I am a huge fan, but not as fanatical as the people that went there. <laughs> Cause I was like, oh my gosh, this is like <laughs> overboard. Even though I'm a fan, and we totally rent a uh, reserved a Twilight room that was all red and it had posters of Edward and Bella and Jacob all over it. And when we got there, they offered the movies for us to watch them while we were in the hotel room. It was it was grand. <laughs> that is fantastic. I, I would pay for that, I think. I, I think that would be fun. I'm I'm like Taya, I'm totally cheesy and love being able to dive into doing stuff. And even if I'm not the biggest fan, I will be the biggest fan when I'm there. Yes. Because <laughs> it's fun to get involved. But I also know what you mean about there there's fans who like to get excited and get involved. And then there are people who want to quite literally live in the books or the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the ex- more extreme fans that probably go there. Did you also know that you can visit District 12 in, I think it's North or South Carolina? Oh, that's super cool. Like from my the Hunger s- Games, right? Yeah, sorry, from the Hunger Games. My sister, so my oldest niece goes to college in one of the Carolinas. I constantly ask her and I constantly get it wrong, but she goes to college in one of those places. So my sister went to visit and they visited district 12 like you pay a ticket and you get to walk around you get to go into Katniss's house and it's set up exactly how it was in the movie you get to walk around where they filmed district like they kept everything as close as they could and it was a really cool experience for them so I love stuff like I want to go and I I I told Taya this I will never rewatch Hunger Games in my life I don't think but I would go totally go (laughs) to be there I really want to go to, I think it's New Zealand, right? Where the, the hob, um, like Lord yes. of the Hobbit. That is, yeah, they rebuilt the Shire. They rebuilt Hobbiton. They rebuilt the Shire so that oh. people could go as a tourist thing. And like Elijah Wood went there and oh. like, you know, to do like promos and stuff for, for this town that they recreated. And the one of the, <laughs> he was doing an interview with like a bunch of other people. And one of the, like, one of the people was like, you went, oh, you went to the Shire, huh? Like, you, you, is that, 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 that's where you went, you know, like, making fun of him because he said, like, oh, we went to the Shire. And it's like, that's not a real place. And he's like, no, it is a real place. Like, they <laughs> built it. Like, you can go there. Like, you can buy tickets. I did promos for them. You know? like, <laughs> that's um, so cool. I would love to do that. The only thing keeping me from being a hobbit is the fact that I don't have curly hair or big feet. I am short. I like food and calm. <laughs> well, I have the big feet, so. We'll trade. <laughs> the two of you make the perfect hobbit. 
There we go. <laughs> we'll combine. <laughs> so, okay. I have I've seen Twilight maybe four or five times in my life, and I saw a detail that I have never ever noticed before. And I'm curious if you two noticed it because it's a blink and you miss it part. So at the beginning, when Bella is for it's like her first lunch that we see at Forks High School, she's sitting down and she's sitting between Eric and Mike. And the guy who almost hits her with the van, whose name I don't remember, I want to say it's Tyler. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes up like they're Eric and Mike are kind of fighting over Bella, which is awkward. And he comes up and he kisses her on the cheek and then runs away. Yes. <laughs> I never noticed this before. How did I miss it? Oh, I, I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> like these boys are harassing her. What is it's up? True. With well, and you you get that a lot in the book too. They were like all obsessed with her, so I know, but it's they just, they just randomly kiss her. <laughs> yeah, it's a small town. They're like, oh, fresh meat, <laughs> like the shiny new toy, like Jessica said. <laughs> exactly, yeah. she's the shiny new toy. So it's less about who she is and more that she's a novelty. She's new. They don't they didn't grow up with her since kindergarten. But yeah. I still exactly. like the fact. That Eric was calling her baby and Mike was all over. It was we- uncomfortable and weird, but I didn't think he was over the top or like harassment or anything. But when Tyler came up and kissed her, I was like, excuse you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who told you that was an okay thing to do? I'm almost glad that he almost hit her with the van because he felt so guilty. Yeah. <laughs> like, you should. You should feel guilty. I love Charlie's reaction where he's like, say goodbye to your license. And like, I, I'm not done with you. And she's like, it's fine. He's like, no, it's not. And then he's like, I'm so sorry, Bella. And he like closes the curtain on him. Charlie is my favorite. I, I love Charlie in these weeks. I have a dog yeah. named Charlie. I love Charlie from Twilight. <laughs> I think he is the best actor in all of the Twilight films. Like, he does it so perfectly and he's just so laid back and relaxed that it feels like he is real. Like he's actually a dad. It's not, doesn't feel like acting at all. He just is so into it. I don't know. Yeah. Like that's, that's not, I think that like, so when I was younger and this movie came out, I didn't really notice Charlie and people were like, Charlie's my favorite character. And I was like, why do you think that? But watching it this time, I was like, Oh, I get it now. Like, because he is Charlie not the actor like he's not Kristen exactly. Stewart acting like the like Bella Swan he is Charlie and that's so rare I think him and the guy that plays Jacob Black not Jacob the dad Billy whatever his Billy 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 Black like the guy the guy that plays Billy and Charlie are like the only ones including the other adults in the movie like the teacher and the Dr. Um, Dr. Carla like even they really don't like I can't take them seriously and I don't know if it's the makeup or the acting but like I don't see like vampire family you know like I definitely see the actors I wonder if it's just because like Charlie had to act like a dad and uh, and a a protective dad that was introverted and Mm -hmm. Dr. Carlisle and on the other adults had to act like vampires like I don't know maybe they just it was a little bit easier to act like a dad, but I don't know. I feel like you're right. Charlie and Billy were the best actors in the movies. So. I loved when they were in scenes together. I don't know. I'm speculating because I don't think the first Twilight movie had as much budget as the movies that came later. 
And so I'm wondering if they just had a shorter amount of time to rehearse. And that's why, just like Taya, you were saying, we see them and not the characters, except for the more seasoned actors, which would be the actors for Charlie and Billy. They're more seasoned. So they don't need as much rehearsal time, maybe. And also, again, they're not dealing with heavy makeup, learning how to come off natural when wearing heavy makeup or trying to be something that's not actually real. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's a little bit more comfortable for them in that sense and then Kristen Stewart even though she was good before Twilight and stuff I don't know there is a conspiracy theory I don't know if that's <laughs> well maybe not conspiracy but there is a theory out there that she read the books and she thought Bella was so boring and twitchy herself and just bland and so she some people are saying that she played Bella perfectly because that's how she viewed Bella and that's how some a lot of people view Bella from the books. They say she's a Mary Sue. She's bland purposely, purposefully so that girls who read it can put their own personalities into her and pretend that they're the ones going on this adventure with Edward. So they're like, well, in that case, like Kristen Stewart played it her perfectly. But I swear there's moments in this movie, just small moments fleeting, but they're there where I like Bella and Kristen Stewart is acting and I see Bella and not her but they're just so few and far between it makes me sad that the director didn't pull that out from her more often yeah well the directors changed in the um, later movies I don't remember if it was by the second or the third one and so I do think that that played a huge role in the first movie not being as much as what we would expect um in the director's cut she there's a scene where you know the scene when they're laying in the meadow and they're just staring at each other and they're laying like super awkwardly. She in in that says, I just really wanted them to look alien like. Like to me, this this book was very alien like. And so my argument was no, it's like vampire. It's supposed to look like <laughs> yeah. a romantic vampire. And so I do think that the acting got a lot better in the next movies, not only from just experience, but also the director changed and it wasn't as alien like and weird. I do think that makes more sense because they act more like aliens. They seem more alien than vampire. And even like the special effects with him, like grabbing her and jumping out the window and that awful run that they do that looks so bad. Um, (laughs) The spider monkey comment, which you can just see, you can see Robert Pattinson hating that line. Like he just spits it out. He is so mad that he has to say that line. And like, you can just see it. And, and like, she, the director, when the director changed, there is a difference. Like, that was purely director. She had a big budget. Like, th- like she did not have a small budget for this movie. They had a huge budget for the time. It was one of the most expensive movies of that genre, right? Holy like, yeah. And so, like, there was no excuse for the bad effects <laughs> like there was no yeah. excuse for the bad makeup and the horrible wigs like and it's funny because like as the movies go on like certain things get better and I don't think the wigs ever do but like certain things get better the special effects get better the acting gets a little bit better but yeah it makes perfect sense that she was going for like an alien feel when that's not the feel of the book <laughs> that's yeah. you know like we, we talk about like the, the first harry potter movies maybe not word for word but they capture the feel 
of the books really well. The the Lord of the Rings movies aren't word for word. They're not exact change stuff, but the feel of them is very similar. And the movie was not the same feel as the books <laughs> at all. Not at all. So no. she, she accomplished what she was going for, but it was not what it should have been. Yeah. She was going for the wrong thing. <laughs> well, that and I believe she was the obviously, I think this is the only movie where they have this blue filter, bluish yeah. greenish filter over, but they have it even when they're inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hated that blue filter. That was a trend for a while. And I got so annoyed at movie studios. Like they only did it for like a couple of movies. And then um, they started doing the, the filter, like the supernatural filter and supernatural went on for 14 years and they had to keep using that filter, even though nobody liked it anymore. It was completely out of style by the time that show ended, <laughs> but like Twilight is like ingrained in everything, but everything has this blue filter on it because the whole movie, even when they're trying to show sunlight, when they're in the house, like everything has this blue filter, except yeah. when they're in the vampire's house, which just makes their makeup look worse. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I thought it was the only one that thought their makeup looked worse in that scene. I thought maybe it was closer to the beginning of filming and the makeup artists were still like figuring stuff out. Yeah. That filter. I mean, if she wanted them to look alien coloring making their skin color look a little bit different or off to what we're, we see every day would certainly help with that but then you think she would keep it for the vampire's house because they're the ones who are different but i think what she was going for was it's so cold and rainy there we're just gonna have everything look cold and rainy and blue accomplishes that is what i really think she was going for but it was just after a while you start to notice it and it looks weird because sometimes it almost looks green well, and it's a style choice, and it works because now anytime you see that green filter, it's like, oh, the Twilight filter. Like, <laughs> everybody knows, like, it's Twilight. Like, if you see an image of Robert Pattinson wearing any clothes at all, and he's got that blue filter, you're like, oh, it's Edward Cullen, you know? Yes. Like, it, it's, it's a style statement for sure. I just, I don't know anybody that was like, yeah, good choice, good choice, you know? Like, who likes it? That's true. What are your thoughts on the music of the movie? I was kind of thinking about this this time, like whether or not I liked it. <laughs> I liked it a lot more this time because I think I noticed it a lot more because I had heard that like Robert Pattinson had done like his own music and there's like a lot of nostalgia music in it that I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about this song. I liked it a lot more now looking back at the music than I did when it was coming out. Like, like, when the movie came out, I don't think I noticed the music at all. Like, it definitely doesn't stand out. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I didn't notice it before, but now I do. Um, especially because we listened to the soundtrack while driving through Forks to get the feel of it. So, now when I watch it again, I'm like, oh, this is just so Twilight. <laughs> I don't remember much of the music from the movie, except the scene where they're dancing to Claire de Lune. So I think it's, I think it's mean. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just it's always funny people talk about soundtracks to movies, and that's one of the last things that I notice. And it's funny because I'm I went to school for music for vocal performance. Oh, that's funny. and so it's weird. But I if if 
I'm watching a movie. I'm more invested in everything else. And the music is kind of just background. Mm-hmm. Unless it's specifically like, like a dance scene or something. So maybe that's why I remember Claire de Lune and they're dancing. Yeah. But I, like Harry Potter 4. Then you know. Oh my gosh. Then I will rant forever. <laughs> and it will be never ending. So I was actually about to say. Unless the music is so horrifically bad. And mismatches the scene. That it's jarring. Then I will notice the music. But for me it's a good soundtrack. When I don't notice the music. Because that means for me. That it didn't take me out of the story. It helped it. It enhanced it. It was not annoying enough to stand out to me. <laughs> Oh, but I did um, want to go back. We mentioned the spider monkey line, but there's another <laughs> line where Rosalie calls Emmett her monkey man. And I ju- I'm just curious. I just, I have a question. Is that supposed to be, like, was that a thing at the time to call people monkeys and it be a term of endearment? Was that no. a cute thing? Uh, <laughs> no. I, <don't> <laughs> I wasn't dating I, yet when I watched that when I was younger, so... <laughs> I was dating and no but I think I think the monkey man line is in the book I don't think the spider monkey is it is not in the book. spider monkey one was ridiculous yeah I <laughs> yeah. don't understand if I I would be insulted I'd be climbing off his back at spider monkey <laughs> and right over okay here we go oh, that's so bad um but like I no, but I noticed that too because when she says like my monkey man, and I was like, that's not. I'm like I I remember that, so I think it was in the book. But then I was like, why did she say that? Like, why is that a compliment? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> Obsession with monkeys. It's apparently odd. What they try to do in this movie is they try to make it a bit more kind of a suspense thriller them showing the scenes of James Laurent and Victoria hunting humans and actually killing Waylon and yeah and Bella kind of being the detective trying to figure out who Edward is and then kind of being in the know of it's vampires that are doing these killings and people are in danger and whatnot and then you have this really weird brief intermission where there's no suspense or thrillerness she's with Edward and they're happy and then it goes back and then the last part is very much suspense and not fun stuff for Bella happening one of the criticisms that I've heard that the the books as well as the movies because they're based off the book skit is that like three quarters of the book will be romance and there'll be something you know in the background but the action won't happen till the very end and then it's super short like there's tons and tons and tons of buildup for a very short amount of time of action yeah i just remember and i think it's more honestly guys whose girlfriends drag them to see the movies who are complaining (laughs) about that (laughs) people like me who i i want to see more action but i actually didn't mind like when they did the more thriller suspense and when she wasn't talking and doing her twitchy thing bella i actually liked that vibe of the movie a lot more than the romance aspects because i think the romance aspects with those close-ups, I agree with you completely, Taya. Those close-ups did not do them justice at all. For the and they did that a lot in romantic scenes, but for the more suspense-filled scenes, I actually thought it worked really well. I was impressed at a couple of the scenes where I was like, "Hey, I'm actually into this. I I feel suspenseful. I know exactly what's going to happen." Yes. Yeah. I feel like the scene where they are jumping into the vehicles after they find out that James is tracking her. Um, 
just that whole yeah basically from there until she's in the hospital I really like (laughs) yeah Yeah, I thought the the big suspense scene I think the most like the I feel like the only time that they really really pull off the romantic aspect of this story is when he is playing the piano and she like comes and sits next to him like she's like first she's listening to it and then she comes and sits next I'm like I that is the only time that I believe them as a couple that I believe that they are in love and not just actors pretending to be in love (laughs) you know like I really that was the only time that I got their love story the rest of the time I was like that was really fast that she's like so in love with him and she did all this trying to figure out that he was a vampire but she trusts him but why does she trust him (laughs) you know like they don't really explain it very well no I don't think they did a good job with explaining why I mean I think they tried when Edward they're in the woods and he's like everything about me draws people in I'm the perfect predator my scent my look my this my that and I thought I think they might have been trying to say you know she was drawn in to that and then she just got to know him but she didn't really get to know him they had these two different montages in the movie of Bella and Edward talking but they did it montage style so we don't hear what they're saying yeah why like these are conversations these are relationship building these are them getting to know each other which we need to be privy to so we can actually feel the relationship yeah and they montaged it of all the things yeah and I think that's why it feels so weird when he's saying things like I watch you sleep or he's like I you know you're my my own personal brand of heroin (laughs) um I feel like because they, they montage their like relationship it's just weird it's too I don't know. It doesn't do enough of explaining about like why they're so in love. And it's just creepy instead. Yes. Right. Because he goes from like being this jerk that is wanting to get away from her. And she's like, I'm going to confront him. And then he's gone. And then like they have one conversation that continues from class to like down the hallway, like in lunch. But it's like, he's not being charming in those moments or anything, you know, like he's not being flirty or like necessarily making her feel any, any sort of closeness or intimate, like with her, like there's no, like you can definitely in a movie show people falling in love in one conversation. Like it's possible, but they have to like, you have to see like the connection, but they're still like at that moment, like he's still fighting his feelings of like, I hate myself and I want her to go away. And she's still like, I'm mad at him because he's gorgeous, but he's mean to me. Like, so like, you don't ever really get to see them just being happy and having fun and being flirty until they're like in love and you are my life now. And it's like, but but I missed something like I missed something like you guys were you were like enemies to lovers but like in the blink of an eye (laughs) you were enemies to lovers you know and that that was missing from like just a conversation of like him being really flirty with her or her being like enamored with him or something you know like something like just give us something rather than two people who seem very awkward and are just trying to not hate each other I think she did the director did a much better job with the more suspense parts of this movie which makes me think maybe she should have been assigned to make a vampire horror film instead of this movie (laughs) (laughs) yes 
because the, they they were a lot better than the romantic parts, which were skipped over, which was just weird. But Bella's reaction at the hospital at the very end is so incredibly dramatic <laughs> when he says it, it reminds me i know it's in the next movie but it's like that super famous scene from the next movie when she's at the fountain in italy is it in the fountain no it's not at the fountain excuse me is it when they're in with the vampire family council people when she's like yelling no but she's moving her hands all over her hair and her shirt oh yeah that is in the when they're with the council, yeah. When they're with the council, okay. Not at the fountain. The fountain is when she's running. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I, I feel like this is the genesis of us getting to that point of that scene in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like, but the problem is, is that her reaction is so dramatic. Like, no, don't say that to me. But it doesn't sound real. Like, I don't believe her. I don't believe she's actually worried about losing him. I don't believe, like, I can, I don't know. There there are moments in this movie where I'm just like, you did not, like, as an actor, you did not want to say that line. Like, it's it's her spider monkey line. Like, she did not want to say that. (laughs) And did you notice her voice gets significantly lower? When she's saying those lines, which is, I think her more natural voice is a bit lower and she put it a little bit more up to come off as, you know, more shy, more awkward, more whatever. But at the scene, she lowers it a lot. I think the and reason just... why, I think the reason why when you, you like her, when like they give her the truck and you see her with Jacob for the first time and stuff, like she seems so natural because she seems like a real teenager who's like happy and like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I have a truck. Like she seems like an actual person in those scenes. But when she's supposed to be in love, she's, like, awkward and twitchy and, like, not a real person. And then it, like, all culminates in that final scene of, no, don't say that. Never say that again. You know, like, it's just, I don't know. I could tell, like, she didn't want to say that line. (laughs) Like, there was no commitment in those, in in her eyes. (laughs) Well, it doesn't help that the oxygen tubes, I don't know what they're called, are, like, up by eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Yeah, they're never like that. <laughs> no, they're they're very much not near anywhere near the eyeball. I did notice that when they were they start with a close up and then they they zoom out. I was like, why? What is that too by her eye and why is it there? And then you see that it's her oxygen thing in her nose and it was that that was really weird. Okay. I don't think they consulted any nurses on that. <laughs> it's like this. Uh there's a video of a guy who's like why are why in movies do people put like the bandages on top of clothing like have they never been hurt before you can't put the bandage on top of your clothing that's how I feel about like her oxygen take like you don't put the tape by your eyeball <laughs> like it goes in your nose yeah <laughs> it's funny maybe she was just uncomfortable and she couldn't get past that yes. for the scene mm-hmm it's funny because I can make so much fun of this movie and critique it all day long, and yet I will probably still watch it a hundred more times in my lifetime. <laughs> because it's, because a it's, fun. it's a fun ride. Like there are movies that aren't going to ever be critical successes or pass whatever whatever we 
standards we put out for great films, but they're so entertaining and just a fun time. And I would like watching this movie, if nothing more than Charlie and Billy and yes. Charlie's dynamic of trying to be a good dad and um, not really understanding what his daughter's going through. And then him thinking, you know, the gun scene where he's like, all right, bring him in and does the little shotgun cocking of it. <laughs> yeah. Which we know would do nothing to Edward, but he really thinks is a big threat. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I think for me, it's also that like, this is just something fun that I did with my sister and my mom. And so Mm -hmm. it's just every time I watch it, I'm brought back all the memories of dressing up like Twilight and doing pictures because my sister's a photographer and um, going to Forks now, all of that. So now I'm just going to love it forever because of those memories. So I have a question. Are you going to watch the TV show? I probably will. I think- Does anybody know what the TV show is going to be? Is it going to be like their love story again? Or is it just like Renesmee's story? Like what? what is the TV, TV oh, it's, show it's, about? From what I heard, it's full on just a remake of Twilight in TV series form. And they announced it about two days after Harry Potter was officially announced coming back in TV form. See, I okay. think that I... I'm less likely to watch the Harry Potter one because I love the Harry Potter movies and I think they're incredible. So I don't want to ruin it with like, I I probably will still watch them, but I don't think I'll want to. (laughs) Uh, But with like Twilight, I'm curious if they're going to make it better because it wasn't as good. So I I hope they make it better. I, I would like to see a better rendition of Twilight. I would love to see people who... Um, whether it's rehearsal time or a better director or whatever else was thrown at them in this movie are able to portray Bella and Edward and I think Bella is a bit of a Mary Sue I don't think she's 100% a perfect example of a Mary Sue but I think she's enough of it that a lot of girls were able to see themselves in her and I think that's difficult to portray without coming off bland but Kristen Stewart herself had a few moments in the movie and I think as somebody who with better dialogue, dialogue they don't hate to say, like spider monkey, <laughs> or don't ever say that again, or wh- whatever they said. Um, and with, again, a better director, which you know they're going to get the best, because, well, I would hope, because this is going to be a huge moneymaker for them if they do a good job. And if right. they make money for whatever network, they're going to be able to complete the series instead of just doing one season and failing. Um, I, I would like to see it done better but I don't think I'll ever stop watching the movies just because a better TV show is out there because these movies are iconic in their own way like the blue filter just like you were saying it's a style it's a stylistic choice wasn't great but it's iconic yeah yeah (laughs) well I I we I said on our last podcast that I am really excited for the new Uh, Harry Potter movies or TV show because I really want to see a word for word (laughs) like I want them to be true to it and I would love to see this show I think I wasn't that excited about it until I like we we rewatched it (laughs) and I'm like yeah I do want to see it because I want to see people who are actually excited to be a part of this and people who actually want to be there <laughs> like portray it and like maybe they might you know look because <laughs> even if even if you like Robert Pattinson and think he's cute like you you can't argue that that's what Stephanie Meyer described in the books because that's not what he looked like yeah, and no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so 
are there any actors right now that you could that you would want to see as Bella or Edward or any of the other characters? Are there any actors that like you're fan casting for them? I don't know, but that's a good question because I definitely had choices when this movie came out, but now I feel like all those people are like too old. Like that was a long time ago. So I, I would have to look at like new actors this day and age and Tom Holland I is Edward. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, I think he would be a better choice. Than just like <laughs> he would be good to look wise. at, but I don't think he yeah. has the right personality for. No, yeah. no, Tom Holland would be the stage. I can't see anybody hating Tom Holland, including Tom Holland. You know what I mean? Like, I don't believe it. <laughs> nobody's yeah. gonna, nobody's gonna believe that Tom Holland hates himself. Come on now. <laughs> Something like that. Now I want to know, and I want to know what all of the audience is thinking. Let us know what your fan casting for Twilight the series is. For like nowadays, like who's a 17-year-old actor or a 25-year-old who looks 17 (laughs) (laughs) that they could cast in this show that that, that like fits the age now? Because I remember me and my sister went on and on. We had a whole list of people who would have been better for this role <laughs> than Robert Pattinson back in the day. I'm kind of worried, though, if they get someone who's, like, actually 17, am I going to enjoy it as much? Because they're going to be like, they're just children. Yeah, it makes <laughs> it a little awkward for the adults who grew up with Twilight because Edward's supposed to be, and, and Jacob are supposed to be heartthrobs, but they're teenagers, and it was okay when we were teenagers because age and everything, but now that we're adults, it would be weird. So I think they kind of have to hire adults and just, well, and if they wanted to just go like all on, Yeah. And if they wanted to go on for years, they kind of have to get somebody who's already an adult because a 17-year-old is going to change. Like throughout the the movies or the, like throughout the show, he's going to change. Like he's going to grow into an adult and Edward doesn't change so I feel like they have to get somebody who's at least 25 to play the 17 year old so that he doesn't change as like Bella has to grow up but Edward can't grow up he has to already be um an adult I think that would actually be better too because he's such an old soul to have um someone older to portray him yeah, I think that was another worry. If if it's a seventeen year old playing him, are they going to really be able to get the "I've lived a long time" thing down? Twenty five is not old at all, but it's a few more years, and it's definitely a more mature age for men than seventeen. Yeah, the Jacob problem then comes into play because Jacob's supposed to start off as a fifteen year old. Yeah, fourteen. Forty. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He's so like that's two years younger than Bella. Really <laughs> And he's supposed to, like, shoot up in height, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, the director of the second movie wanted to recast Taylor Lautner because they're like, no, you're supposed to go through, like, this huge transformation. We need to recast someone to play, like, adult you. But then he was like, no, I can do it. And, like, bolt up, like, crazy for the second film um, so that they wouldn't recast him. And they're like, okay, fine, since you did all this work. <laughs> Like we'll keep you in the movie. Um, <laughs> he did a really yeah. good job. <laughs> yeah, and he actually came out later and talked about because he, he was legitimately a teenager doing when he did the first two movies. At least I think he was at least eighteen by Eclipse. But he came out later and talked about how 
even though he really he bulked up he put in the work and wanted to stay on his jacob it was so awkward and uncomfortable for him to be in his words sexualized by the people making the movies when he was still a teenager oh wow because they were like okay take your shirt off now and like let and while that's necessary for the role and they want to make sure like the fact that he was still a teenager i think did some sort of and these are all adults telling him like how to yes yeah and he said he was was very uncomfortable in that situation and so i wish they would have been more but we're looking for a jacob for the first movie like a teenager and then we're looking for an adult for the rest and end of story because i think an adult it's not as awkward especially if they know that they're going specifically for a part like that where they have to be shirtless a lot they're gonna Mm -hmm. you're not gonna go for it if you're not comfortable with that Whereas he, when he was a teenager, I think his only thought was, I have to keep my role because this is, I'm a, I want to be an actor and this is really big and it's a huge open door for me. And he wasn't thinking about the implications of being shirtless a lot as a teenager. <laughs> well, in the yeah. way that he's shirtless, like when she's bleeding and he takes <laughs> off his shirt, it's hilarious. It's like this whoosh, like sound and he's <laughs> I'm excited to watch the next movie just so that we can talk about that scene because I remember it. That was like, that is the memory that I have of that movie. I don't know what else happens in that movie for like the rest, but I just remember being like in the theater with my best friend being like, did that really just happen? Like they really just did it that cheesy. Take your shirt off. Yeah, the whole theater explodes though. Yeah, it exploded for my theater. I was like, okay. It was like, wow, that was that was so blatant fan service. Like this kid has abs, everybody. In case you didn't know, we'll get you a perfect shot of his abs while he takes off his shirt to clear up like a pinprick of blood. With a dirty shirt, no less. Yeah. Like full of sweat and dirt and bleh. super sanitary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that next time when we do uh, when we do the next yeah. movie. But in this movie, he keeps his shirt on, and yes. he's supposed to be fourteen. But they don't like. I got when she asked him to like come to school, and he's like, "No, I go on the reservation." Like he like they don't explain that he's like two grades down from her or anything. Like they never yeah. make a point of the fact that he was younger than them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got. If you watched the movie, never read the books, you would just think that he. If younger would only be a year, but if you just watched the movie, you would assume they're in the same grade because he is way taller than her. He, I think he probably in real life was about 16. Mm-hmm. And as you said, they don't mention it. I don't remember if they mentioned the age gap in the movies at all. They might not. We'll find out. <laughs> we will find out. It will, you will come back, circle back to that. I know they made a point of it in the books because she gets angry because he said werewolves slow down their aging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I remember her being angry, but I don't think they ever put that in the movie. Well, we'll see. We'll find out, and we'll we'll talk. Yeah. Well, um. So, what are your final thoughts, everybody? Let's start with you, Laura. I think that it's really fun movie. If you don't take the aspects of their love story that we do see seriously and without the paranormal filter, <laughs> because if you take it as if he was a human doing things that he does not great but he is a paranormal creature so i think you definitely have to keep that filter on while you watch the movie i also think that 
as I've gotten older, things, different things stand out and I like different aspects of the movie. And so I think it's interesting that even though it's seen even among fans as one of the, the worst Twilight movies of the five, that it's interesting enough to keep me coming back at least once a year maybe to watch it and I find different things every time that fascinate me. And so it's a movie that it's not like my favorite. I'm not a huge fan. I'm not hugely invested in the story anymore, but I do enjoy watching it. I always have a fun time when I do. And there's some parts that are just funny to make fun of, like Spider Monkey. You just can't not laugh. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right, Jesslyn, final thoughts. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think that um, for me, it's super important to have read the books before watching the Twilight movie. Um, it helps give a little bit of backstory. And like you said, the the par- thinking of it as paranormal makes what they're doing make sense. But yeah, I just I think it's something that like just watching is just fun and it's fun to make fun of it but also there are so many um intriguing things about it that i i i think it's a good movie but i would never sit there and be like oh i think it's a cinematic masterpiece but it's really fun to watch i i would have to agree like final thoughts like this movie is so easy to make fun of because of like the different reasons that we've stated so far but if you're going to sit down and watch Twilight, like you can't take it too seriously. <laughs> like, and some of my favorite movies are like that. Like I love speed racer and nobody else. I feel like likes that movie, <laughs> but I love that movie. And so I feel like this is one of those things where it's just like, just enjoy it. Like enjoy not taking yourself too seriously and just get kind of wrapped up in the love story in the suspense story and vampires and paranormal and all this stuff. Like, just go into it with like, I'm going to have fun. (laughs) And I'm not like, don't go looking. Like, I feel like so many people go into this movie thinking like, Oh, it's so dumb because like of this and this. And it's like, yeah, but that stuff's just fun. Like, it's just fun. (laughs) So just, just enjoy it. And don't, uh, don't take it too seriously because that's not what it's meant to do. That, That wasn't the point of it. And so those are our final thoughts. Uh, again, everybody, you can, uh, leave your thoughts about the Twilight movies or any of the stuff we've talked about today on our social media. We are Your Little Sisters Productions on Instagram and Facebook. And then you can tweet us at YLS underscore productions. And you can also, if you'd like to support us, you can do so for free by listening to us on Spotify. Or you can go to Taya Joy Flake um, on Patreon.com and check off the um your little sister's tier for the podcast, $5 a month, gets you a lot of great stuff behind the scenes and uh, exclusive content. And um, we will always listen to all of your recommendations for this show. And we want to say a special thank you for Jesslyn for coming on and <laughs> talking with us and discussing this movie. And we are so happy to have you. And thank you so much for doing that. I am Taya. I'm Laura. And I'm Jocelyn. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.